0: Hmm?
1: Ah! Oh. It was Aikido. That's how I kicked your ass earlier. Well, that's how I redirected your ass. Zed heads welcome to our podcast i'm jason
2: and i'm karen
1: and we're cheese bankers, and this is walking Deadcast <laughs> episode 198 god i love cheese right and that reminds me how long do you wear the same underwear what <laughs> <laughs> it's a clear it's Ew. an easy question <laughs> just one day
2: <laughs> no, I, I change
1: mine every two hours. How about you? Well, I wear, I, I change them every day, but if you wanted, you could wear the underwear of our new sponsor, Mac Weldon. Woo! We have an underwear sponsor, and I think that's cool. <laughs> you could wear them longer because they're naturally antimicrobial, which means they eliminate odor, and I think Carl could use a pair of these by now. Do you? Probably. <laughs> Uh, I'm wearing a pair right now. They have great, smartly designed, cool-looking underwear, shirts, socks, boxers, boxer briefs, all with this really great attention to detail. And you can go to MacWeldon.com. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com and get 20% off using promo code DEADCAST. 20%, which is really good.
2: It is really good.
1: (laughs) So uh, we're back from Walker Stalker, Atlanta, and it was tons of fun.
2: Yes, it was I thought
1: and we'll talk about it more at the end. But um, We'll talk about some underwear some more too. But for now <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into it. How are you by the way?
2: i did doing great. How are you? Good.
1: Are you are you recovered and everything?
2: Yes, I think the first night I got home I slept for about 10 hours straight.
1: I did last night Yeah, I guess that was my first night back. It was nice to be in my own bed Yes, I never no, sleep well at these things.
2: No place like home brother Yep. But it was all, really fun. All
1: right, let's get into the, the cheese maker. Here we let's go. Let's do it. Attention, shoppers. Deadcast top five in five, four, three, two. Ah. All right, it's Deadcast top five. This week it's our top five highlights for season six, episode four, I believe. Here's yeah. not here, which I don't understand. But what did you think of it?
2: You know, I actually didn't understand that either. No. I loved it, loved it, loved
1: it. I knew you would.
2: Yep. Had me written all over it. How about you?
1: I loved it. It was one of my favorite episodes of the series ever. Yep. Yep. (laughs) 4.8. I did 4.9 out of 5. (laughs) Yeah, I was tempted to give it a 5. But, I, you know, maybe a different show. I'm like, I can't give this episode a 5 on a zombie show because it was fairly zombie light and uh i didn't have any of the other characters i mean i thought it was an amazing episode but it's not worthy of a five but i but i I loved it so much it really really moved me
0: me
2: too i cried my eyes out both times i watched and both times i cried which you know not a lot makes me cry i never cry where i'm supposed to cry but during this episode i cried a lot i loved it
1: yeah um I We watched it Well we started watching it in that giant auditorium Where you and I were moderating panels um, Yeah And it was It kept like stalling Because the internet was crappy well, That's annoying I know And I was like no way I'm not dealing with this So the at the first commercial We took off running to the hotel room And watched the rest of it in there And um, <laughs> it was still a little distracting though And So when I watched it the second time It really hit home how great it was yeah. I like the classic guru grasshopper kind of thing, you know? It's been <laughs> yep. done many times. Karate Kid is one of my all-time favorite movies. <laughs> there's the Kung Fu TV show. You still haven't seen Karate Kid, man. If you like this, you gotta watch it. Uh no, there's you know, Kung Fu Panda, et cetera, et cetera. But uh <laughs> you know, we thought Morgan was kinda kung fu before, and this totally goes along with it, so I love that. Uh, Yeah, I I just love that. But, you know, mostly I loved that the focus was on this viewpoint that you can be peaceful and still strong and and, because things have been so dark and people have been so quick to want to kill.
2: Yes, Mm -hmm. exactly. It was full of hope and full of love and redemption. And those are those are good, happy themes for me.
1: A lot of people are saying they didn't like the timing of it because of the, you know, what happened at the end of last episode. I, you know, I think I was saying back then, if you really thought Glenn was dead, then maybe the timing might be okay because you might want a palate cleanser. Yeah. You know?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: And maybe that's what they were counting on.
2: I think I was okay with having it. I, I mean, you... You warned us all last week. I don't think that we're gonna that find helped out too. Glenn's, yeah, yeah. I don't think we're gonna find out Glenn's fate for a while. So I was like, okay, cool. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna look at you know what, and I could watch Lenny James anytime.
1: Mm-hmm. So I mean, for me, it was delightful. Yeah, I mean, because I don't think Glenn's dead, and I want to know what's gonna happen to him. But I'm totally on board with just being kind of you know you have to wait for good things sometimes and being patient and even this episode our patience bore out on a lot of things with Morgan you know there were a lot of long time rewards that came to fruition and it made it seem that much more special after having waited that long you know Scott Gimple's a genius (laughs) having planted (laughs) these seeds way back in season three so I think it's great But uh, I don't want to wait three more years To find out what happened to Glenn though <laughs> <But> I don't, <laughs> don't think you're going to have to wait yeah. Three more
2: years Yeah.
1: Alright let's be get, than that. get into the top five
2: Okay why don't you go first
1: Okay my first one is long And the rest are pretty short But the first one's pretty long Because I this, re- this episode really was meaningful for me And uh-huh. I'm trying to encompass The heart of what I loved about it The philosophy, the lessons Um so, you know, I'm trying to make an arc out of what kind of, I guess, what Morgan learned. So this whole prison door thing starts it off that he is in a prison and the door is open, but he doesn't know it. And that's a huge metaphor. In fact, yes. I was at uh, Harbin, I think, you uh-huh. know, a little hippie place that we used to go to until it burned down recently. Yeah, recently. Bummer. But anyways, um, I got a tarot card reading. This was years ago and you know i was having some kind of trouble or something and she could see it and so you know it turned into kind of this not quite a therapy session but she was you know really concerned and i think i got a, a card with a prisoner or something and she said that i was in a in a prison but the door was unlocked and i could just open it and walk out and no kidding yeah right? and I, so i was like is that a thing i don't know but anyway um oh, it makes great. sense yeah, it, we all do that to an extent where sometimes we hold ourselves back. Oh, and sure. Yeah. And so I just love that metaphor. And um, even when Morgan consciously knows he can be free, he still goes back in which just points to how much sometimes we limit ourselves. (laughs) That's the way I saw it anyway.
2: He wasn't ready for getting out and joining the world with Eastman. So he went back into the cell and and Eastman purposefully opens the door and and Morgan shuts it with his foot, which I loved.
1: Uh And I think that, you know, what Morgan's prison boils down to is what the cheese maker said it's PTSD over the loss of his wife and his son. And yes. as much as he has tried to get away from that, he opens the door, walks through and he's still back in that pain, reliving it over and over again. And so he's finally, he kind of decided to not even try anymore. And being in that PTSD, he's kind of like the wolves. He just k- kind of kills indiscriminately and steals from people.
2: Right. Right, exactly.
1: So that's his hell that he's trapped in. And uh, the two people that he killed at the beginning, it did look like they were after him. But he told uh, Eastman that he killed people that weren't threatening him, too. So he's become just kind of a killer, mindless killer.
2: Did you think they weren't threatening him?
1: No, I thought they were. But he later told Eastman uh, that he killed people who were not threatening him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So one thing I thought was interesting is when he's we've seen him, you know, we saw all those sticks in clear that he used to tra- to trap the zombies. And I mean, we've seen him sharpening sticks all the time when he's in team or PTSD mode. He's sharpening sticks. And now I realize how fitting it is that he's been using this staff that e- Eastman said, I fixed your spear. Yeah. And he did it by breaking off the pointy end And making a staff out of it I love that you know yeah. Less lethal And Morgan He um, smoothed out Morgan's spiky end Literally and metaphorically
2: Oh that's beautiful <laughs> That's
0: what
1: I think yeah, put. Definitely and then when he kind of had his little relapse He went back to sharpening those sticks again He's like the world's a dangerous place so I need to kill kill clear clear kill Right. So So the cheesemaker acknowledges that it's not easy that you can try a lot of different doors and still end up in the same place. But he's like, you got to keep trying and you'll find a way out. And then at the end he did say to him, you're done with this. You made it out. You made it out. You know, don't go back in. So what he's saying, I mean, the lesson that he, that he learned himself on how to get out of this prison is deciding not to kill anymore. Um, That's, that's how Eastman after he had his whole trauma with that, killer guy that's how he found peace but then you know i've always said this on this podcast if you're going to be a compassionate person then you have to be incredibly strong because it's a dangerous thing to do to be vulnerable and the way that these like uh, martial arts legends do that is by learning to kick ass <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so that, yeah so you can defend yourself if if you know this being vulnerable it doesn't work out right away and right. so it's not about being weak it's about staying open to the world around you and in the present moment not reacting from a place of fear because of pain that you suffered in your past but being ready to protect yourself if you need to and, That's redir- what-
2: and redirect the threat
1: Redirect, yeah, now that's the whole Aikido thing And the code that they went over in in the middle I'm going to read it This is between Eastman and Morgan It's about redirecting, evading And actually caring about the welfare of your opponent So you have to care about yourself You have to believe your life is precious That all life is precious You have to redirect those thoughts The history that tells you otherwise What we've done, we've done We evade it by moving forward with a code To never to do it again To make up for it to still accept what we were, to accept everyone, to protect everyone, and in doing that, protect yourself. Which is an echo of what Carol said, actually. She's like, you need to move past this to, to Sam, you know, or you're gonna be yeah. stuck in it. And right. I saw that in a new way, because she's trying to get Sam not to have that PTSD too.
2: <laughs> right, it was nice. I liked how they went back and forth with that, the two of them, yeah, the, Morgan and Eastman took turns saying that.
1: I liked it too. I. I was going to put it at the beginning of this episode, but it sounded a little bit like some kind of a, I don't know, drug commercial or something. (laughs) 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 But uh, anyways, um, that last part that protecting everyone is how to protect yourself, I think is great. And um, earlier Morgan said to Eastman, people like you, the good people, they always die and the bad people do too. But the weak people, the people like me, we inherited the earth I was like, what does he mean by that? Well, maybe he means that the weak thing to do is to just kill all the time because then you don't have to open yourself up to anybody. It's just one solution all the time.
2: (laughs) Right, right. Which the wolves have adopted.
1: Right, right. And then eastman says to accept everyone to protect everyone and in doing that protect yourself i, I see that as spiritual and literal spiritual is by not becoming a mindless killer killer you're you're kind of protecting your your soul or your i don't know your, your spirit but literal if you look at the world through the lens of how we can all peacefully be together then we naturally look for solutions that help everyone but if we see everyone as a threat that needs to be taken care of violently then naturally there's just going to be war and and violence all the time (laughs) and then you're going to be in danger because of that so um they get the art of peace book eastman has this book the art of peace and i read the blurb on amazon it says the real way of the warrior is based on compassion wisdom fearlessness and love of nature so taught the great morihei yoshiba founder of the japanese martial art of aikido aikido he wrote the book i guess or Aikido is a discipline Yeshiba called the art of peace It offers a nonviolent way to victory in the face of conflicts. And he believed that Aikido principles could be applied to all the challenges we face in life.
2: It's lovely. It makes me want to take Aikido. Yeah.
1: I know. And yeah, I think a lot Aikido <laughs> sales are going to go up. I bought a copy of that book too. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's kind of like the Tao Te Ching. It's just got little nuggets of wisdom in it. Yes. And inside the book, it says Aikido means not to kill Although nearly all, cre- oh, oh, this is what is written inside the book when Morgan opens it. I think Eastman wrote it, yes, because it's written in pen. It says, "Aikido means not to kill." Although nearly all creeds have a commandment against taking life, most of them justify killing for one reason or another. In Aikido, however, we try to completely avoid killing, even the most evil person. And he, and Eastman says, "I have come to believe that all life is precious." <sighs> That's the part that I can. I mean, I can't. Fully go all the way over to Eastman's side, and I don't. Uh, it's intriguing to think that maybe you can, though.
2: Well, <laughs> I'll give you my take on this. Yeah, I let's think hear it. that during times of peace, uh, during for instance, pre zombie apocalypse, now let's say, now in our mm-hmm. real world, I, I'm totally on Eastman's side, I don't make any bones about it. I think you know I'm a vegetarian. And I, you know, I was raised mostly to be Buddhist. And if I had a baby girl, I always thought I would have lobbied hard to name her Jane. Not J-A-N-E, but J-A-I-N after the Indian religion that believes in all life is precious and and you can't kill anything. You shouldn't kill anything. So so in times of peace, I am fully on Eastman's side. But this is the zombie apocalypse. And so we're working sort of in a, a new whole uh, we're, we're working in a new whole thing. So in times of war, in times of this this zombie apocalypse, you ha- you don't have a place to put people. you don't have handy jail cells. you really don't. Uh, you also don't have good doctors to work with people. you don't have medicine, psychotropic drugs, things that can, Maybe psychotropic is not the word I want to use. But anyway, drugs that can help people. Um, so in the zombie apocalypse, you can't afford to really embrace that creed, you know, the whole time. You have to, for instance, I think Carol was absolutely right. Lizzie was too far gone. She was crazy. And Lizzie demonstrated that by killing her little sister and would have killed Judith. And Lizzie was absolutely, you know, a cuckoo. So Carol didn't really have any choice. She had to kill her. So sometimes you have to kill people in the zombie apocalypse because in this world you don't really have a choice. So I see what Eastman was saying. And he lived in a very protected house. He had um, maybe sort of off in this remote area. There weren't a lot of zombies come by. Some, but not a lot. And you know looking at the graveyard how many he'd killed it hadn't been that many and so he could afford to have this I won't kill anyone sort of mindset, but uh, Going out into the other part of the world where you meet the governor where you meet the claimers where you meet the termites Where you meet the wolves you kind of have no choice, right? I mean am I am I wrong well about
1: that? no, I mean I think you're right, but I'm fine I'm sitting here feeling depressed hearing you yes. defend killing and I, I, the thing is, I think you're right, but I'm just getting sick of defending killing like, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. sick of it. Like, I oh, don't. Yeah, I, I really I, I was so inspired by Eastman and I want to mm-hmm. see I want to see um, Morgan successfully rehabilitate this wolf guy so that we can show an example of I mean, Basically, that's what Eastman did with Morgan if some do- if Morgan came along and we had never met him before and all we saw was him in this episode Episode just killing and shooting right at Eastman Let's say Eastman had been a character for the last five seasons and we came to love him And we see this guy come up and just start shooting at him with his machine gun And right. everybody on our listener page would be like you should kill that guy right away, you know Kill that guy, Morgan. Yeah. And now, and but what we saw was Morgan uh, yeah. Eastman being kind to him and taking him in, and yes. you know he he knew how to protect himself. He said, "I won't allow you to kill me. I give you these two choices," which was so kung fu—the couch or the door. <laughs> but uh, you know, so we saw that work with this guy who had become just a, a mindless killing machine.
2: Yeah, but but I think that morgan wasn't too far gone and i think the wolves are here's the difference morgan was by himself and was suffering terrible PS- uh, ptsd this wolf kid may maybe also and and on, honestly is absolutely likely to be also suffering from terrible loss and and thus ptsd also but I think what happened to these people, here's what I think. I think that the wolves, the claimers, the Woodbury people, the termites all came under, um, maybe less the termites, but certainly the people in Woodbury came under the influence of a charismatic leader who was crazy. And in the case of the Woodbury people, it was the governor. In the case of the Claimers, it was the dude who was the whose name I can't remember who was the head of the Claimers. In the case of the wolves, maybe maybe this kid is the leader of the wolves. There's definitely somebody who's the charismatic leader who's like the Charles Manson out there who's influencing these other people to get them to follow him. He's he's forming an, a a pack and making it as as uh, you know evil as he possibly can. So while morgan was alone and suffering and he wasn't too far gone i think this kid might be too far gone to come back and i know you're you know here i am the pacifist saying this kid's too far gone but he seemed pretty clear in his motives and by the way was he bit or was he just injured
1: uh so just if someone's under the influence of A charismatic leader i don't see how that changes anything about whether you should give them you know like morgan he was ready to kill uh eastman so whether or not morgan was under the influence of a charismatic leader i I don't think that would have made a difference to eastman and i think there's a chance that you know in the real world there's that that that's yes, almost I'll, a reason. That's almost a reason to help. You know, you got to deprogram yes, people, right? But that's there's like, no. But oh, there's... you were you were in this <laughs> crazy world that wasn't your real self, and you got turned by this guy. And now you need to be, you know, deprogrammed. But so the, I don't different... I don't agree with what you're saying.
2: Okay, oh, mm-hmm. fair enough. But Eastman had a remote location, and like. A year to work, or maybe even two years. I don't know what the timeline is exactly, but he had a lot of time to work with Morgan in a very, very remote location. I think we
1: we realized last week that it was a couple of weeks, right? <laughs> no, <saying>. no. from <laughs> well, we the, said from not the, much time. From passed. the
2: time of clear,
1: yeah, I don't, I don't know. It
2: was shortly after clear. <laughs> So yeah, from the, t- from the time of clear, it was a while. They came,
1: yeah, no, I don't know. They came back. There was. Oh, you. Yeah, you're right because there was that whole time where Rick was a gardener, and we don't know how much yeah, time that was. That so might that was have at been the a end while. of season so, three. Yeah, you're right. You're right.
2: Okay, so he had a lot of time to work with him. He was alone. There was nobody else at risk. The difference is, this kid is putting everybody at risk. He's like a bomb. And the reason why I ask if he's injured is if he's bitten, he might not have much time to work with him. I don't think he
1: is. I I think he was looking for medicine. Maybe he is. And he thinks that medicine can fix it. But I got the impression it was some other kind of wound.
2: He said, look at me. I'm sweating. I'm shaking. And I was thinking, oh, yeah, you're. And he showed him that that wound. And I don't. It looked like a wound rather than a bite. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: Because I don't. It it, it wouldn't make much sense. Like, my first thought when I thought it was a bite for a second was that Morgan would say, I didn't really think this, but it would be funny if he was like, oh, man, I just wasted that whole story on you. (laughs) And you're just going to die anyway. (laughs) Right.
2: Well, I think he, I mean, he clearly is infected. It's infected. And the guy's uh, Mm. exhibiting symptoms of infection if, you know, one way or another. So he doesn't have a lot of time with him. A, he doesn't have a lot of time with him.
0: Maybe. No, he could B, B, B,
2: well, yeah, maybe he can get antibiotics if he really just – yeah, maybe he can fix them. What do I know? But there's – it's a giant risk because if something goes wrong – and that door looked pretty flimsy, by the way, that he locked. If something goes wrong, that kid's going to get out and he's going to – and he hasn't, you know, spent a year or two to rehabilitate him like Eastman did um, – you know that kid's gonna kill everybody, and it's just too big of a risk. It is.
1: He did. I mean, the fact that he's sitting there saying, "I'm gonna kill you, and I'm gonna kill everybody, and that's just the way it is," it makes a difference to me for sure. Yeah. Um, but then again, Morgan said, "I'm gonna kill you," to Eastman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. But, so. but
2: Eastman was a, a was at that point, you know, Aikido expert and and had Morgan's
1: the, a badass. He wasn't. Morgan's at Morgan's better point. than. No, but I'm saying oh, no. Morgan with the wolf. Yeah.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. He
1: could take care of him. I'm not uh, sure no
2: he's... Oh, yeah, he, he probably could. Um, But he's got to watch this kid now 24-7 and to try yeah. to rehabilitate him and to keep him from escaping. And I don't think he has that kind of time. I don't think he has the resources and it's too great of a risk with everybody there. That's my thought.
1: Yeah, I mean, I pretty much feel the same way. But this episode felt like an inspiration to appeal to your better angels. And so, again, I hate that we're sitting here defending killing after that.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I would never
2: have this opinion in the real world, obviously.
1: Well, it's a world. I I mean. You know, I don't want to. start I mean, I could start coming up with situations. Like, let's say someone came into your house and killed David or something, then would you, and then you know you'd want to kill the guy, right? No, I wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. No. no. Oh, oh, I mean, what if he was about to hurt somebody else that yes. you knew? Then, then you would. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. If
2: I can stop it, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But as a vengeance thing. I think that's a, a, the fool's way
1: to go. I, yeah. I mean, and that's, and when that's I finished Eva watching said. this, I didn't think it made sense to say, oh, there should be no killing no matter what. Because what if there's somebody who's about to kill Judith and Morgan had a shot on him? Would he not take it? Then he's responsible for the baby's death. That's what I think. You know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And this is but this isn't quite that situation, but I can see where you you would argue that it's close because this guy has every intent to kill yes. everyone including the children, that's what he said. Yep. So, but I mean, I can I, I guess where I could stand behind Morgan is if he feels like he's can stay right there and keep this yes. guy secure then sure. maybe, but if the guy got out and killed somebody, then it would be on Morgan's head. It would. It would be. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't want to have to make a decision on it right now. But if I did have to make a decision, I would say kill the guy. And I'm like, damn it.
2: <laughs> oh, I'm <laughs> well, sorry.
1: That. But OK, so I'm not done. So um, <laughs> just the philosophy of the episode that one part that I really responded to, it's about never objectifying people. It's about seeing people as individuals and not writing anyone off. And I think I've quoted this before, but one of my favorite movie quotes is from an old movie, Philadelphia, that had Cary Grant, Jimmy Stewart, and Catherine Hepburn says, Philadelphia time to story. Make up your m- yeah, Philadelphia story. She says, the time to make up your mind about people is never, which I always liked.
0: Yeah, that's nice. And
1: Eastman says, we're not built to kill. We don't have claws or fangs or armor. Vets, they didn't come back with PTSD because we're comfortable with killing. We can't be. We feel. We're connected. And I like that you know, he's burying the zombies and looking at their IDs, which is a callback to when Rick did that. Yep. Uh, looked at the ID. It's a sign that he wants to respect the people as having been human and individual. And it's the same idea when he wants to know the names of who Morgan lost. You know, when he says yes. I lost my wife and kid, it's a different than when he says Jenny and Dwayne, because suddenly I think in Morgan's mind, even, it's like they're appearing there, and it, it it's sad, but it, it you feel more connected to that. I felt more connected to them. I saw Dwayne's face, you know. Yeah. So when we lose that connection, then that's when we become uncaring towards others and see them as other and not individuals and humans. Yep. Yeah. So that's what um, Eastman is standing up for, and I'm glad that they showed this point of view. I also um, don't want them to not show the other kinds of point of views. Cause it's absolutely realistic that people would fall into brutality like Shane and Rick are doing and, and uh, people get hurt and they close up and they're more likely to lash out at anything scary. But I think this experience with Eastman was healing for Morgan. It allowed him to reconnect with himself and to want to go out and connect with others and also train him to protect himself And so um, he's in a really good place right now, I think. Although, if this show can does what it has always done, he's going to be punished for this. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, already
2: we've seen the consequences of his actions. We saw. What did we see? We saw the five wolves that he let go with a warning: Mm -hmm. "Hey, you crazy kids, get out of here and Mm -hmm. never come back." And we saw them attack Rick in the RV. And that called forth all all the gunshots, called forth all the zombies to surround the RV and put Rick in peril.
1: Yeah, that's true. But then we saw Rick and that could have killed him, which would have been, yeah, like uh, unforgivable. But I don't think it did because we heard Rick at the end of the episode saying, open
2: the gates. You think that was Rick?
1: Yeah, it sounded like Rick to me. Hmm? I'm sure he's not dead anyway. But yeah, I think that I'm pretty sure that was him.
2: Could have been a lot of people, but yeah, it did sort of sound like him. It was hard because it was mm-hmm. like, "Open the gate." Really, really in the background, far in the background.
1: I i dressed up like him, so I feel like I know you, what he sounds like. You know like what now. he sounds like. You've
0: channelled him, <laughs> Corey. <Cool. laughs>
1: and I offered him a whiskey, but he said, "No, thanks." You did? Did I tell you that? No. Yeah, so I did his panel at Walker Stalker Con, yes. which was awesome, and uh it was early in the morning and backstage i'm like you want a shot because these women the dead connection you can find their website they gave him a bottle of their whiskey they gave it to me to give to him
0: <laughs>
2: oh, i'm like nice. you want to do a
1: shot i was like wouldn't it be so cool to do a shot with uh, andrew lincoln and he said no <laughs> he said no that's okay and then um josh mcdermott was like it's a little early for that <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay josh thanks, mcdermott
1: josh josh is thanks
2: mom he was mean <laughs> yeah, to me too. I should
1: have said that I should have said thanks mom <laughs> dang it <laughs> <laughs> I could have what it should have. It. I know all right that's my number five what's your number five
2: well I'm gonna expand on that a little bit since we're talking themes and themes of love and redemption now I <laughs> I don't want to give people the wrong impression and think that I'm all for killing 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 I'm not I'm really really not but I'm gonna okay. I don't I
1: think people know that
2: okay good yeah <laughs> good So first, I'm actually going to talk about something that's not controversial, which is I'm going to talk about the thing that Eastman said at the very end. And he said, you could stay here. There's, you know, there's energy. You know, they they had great solar panels, by the way. Lots of
1: supplies. Beautiful
2: cabin. I I just can't Mm -hmm. say enough about how cool that cabin was. I'd like to stay there. You could stay here, but you shouldn't stay here. Everything is about people. Everything in this life that is worth a damn. And So I think that's what he's saying at the very end is that you know, the only thing that matters is love and I swear when he said that I started just I just lost it and just cried like dummy So I love that I love that the only thing in life that really matters and I think everybody needs to keep this in mind The only thing that really matters people is love. So keep that in mind Um,
1: Also, of course you're crying (laughs) (laughs)
2: i also like the thought of of redemption and that no matter who you are and of course now i just said shoot the wolf but (laughs) sorry um i love the thought of second chances and that and especially for morgan that that you can find a part of you inside that that is worthwhile and you can become redeemed and even when you think you're past redemption you can you can come back and that was just oh man that was just beautiful so obviously now that i've said that and i made the point earlier that in the zombie apocalypse this is it's a tough time it doesn't work very well you don't have a lot of opportunities to come back you you can't afford to make mistakes in the zombie apocalypse.
1: Well, there's a lot of places in the world that are dangerous too and so it's like you're saying, well, unless you're in a really well-protected area like the United States, then you're gonna have to kill. Which maybe you are saying that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, no, uh, but yeah, there's some rough places in the world, and yeah. it's yeah, it's hard, man. We're we're very we're very fortunate where we, we are, are. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, and it it also made me think about. Morgan's reaction to Rick, you know, Morgan's actually only met, before he came to Alexandria, he'd only met Rick twice before. Once at the beginning, back in their hometowns in episode one, and then once in Clear. And he had this picture of of Rick as um, this, you know, this guy who has it all together and wants to help. And so he's going to seek out Rick because he believes in Rick. And... So when he sees Rick the first time and Rick has just shot a man, I'm sure it must have been doubly crazy for poor Morgan. Because yeah,
1: more than we realized at the time.
2: Yep, yep.
1: <laughs> because yep. he's got this code of never killing anyone. Yeah,
2: yeah. So it makes me kind of sad to think what that must have been like.
1: Uh, Mr. Blog thinks that Morgan's idealism is going to rub off on Rick. And I'm starting to think that, too. Because, for one thing, Rick is in such a dark place right now. And they've made a point to show that when he looted that guy that just got killed in front of his friends and didn't even acknowledge that maybe they knew him or something, he really seems scarred. And, and so he can't just keep going that way forever. So I think that the show is going to bring him back around to being a little more healthy.
2: God, I'd love to see that. And I'd love to see him have more scenes with Morgan, the two of them together Yes, I would love that. So, yeah, Morgan was really lucky that, that he found Eastman. And uh, I think that Rick is really lucky that, that Morgan found him. So that would be great. I would love that. Yes, Mr. Blog, please let that come true. So <laughs> <laughs> so I also did a little research. I was thinking today, like, would people really flip out, if the zombie apocalypse happened, if, if something really terrible in this world happened... What, how would people really, really react? Would they really become as bad and evil as like the wolves? And uh, then I thought, well, the one thing in this world that's happened—there's many, many things, obviously, that have happened, wars and things like that—but one thing that really decimated our world population is um, the Black Plague.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, estimated to kill, to have killed, according to Wikipedia, thirty to sixty percent of Europe's population. It took down our population in the world considerably and fast. Um, it happened in in uh, between 1346 and 1353. And, you know, afterwards, apparently the Black Plague uh, created, um, and this is according to Wikipedia, created a series of religious, social and economic upheavals, which had profound effects on the course of European history. I mean, people flipped the fuck out and... Nobody knew what caused it at the time. And people were pointing fingers and people flipped out. So, yeah, I guess this really could happen. So before I was like, no, people really wouldn't turn into like the people from Terminus. That doesn't seem realistic. You know, Kirkman's gone too far. But now I think, yeah, actually, that could absolutely happen.
1: Mm -hmm. It's I've thought about that, too. And um, yeah, it's interesting to think so that you know i mean mad max is another uh, right. example of entertainment where people kind of all right there's no more rules now we can be anarchists and just go fuck around and you know kill, kill and whatever right yeah. right yeah and i i <laughs> i would not be i don't know if it would be like that but i wouldn't be surprised mm. <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised <laughs> either know? yeah so all right are you i am Are you all done? Okay, so my number four is this new character that we met and said goodbye to, the cheesemaker. Yeah. Who is not good at making cheese. (laughs) And so I thought, would Morgan really describe him that way? Um, I really do think now that it was inspired by this segment from Monty Python's Life of Brian, (laughs) which is a play on... Uh, Matthew five, nine in the Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God. And life of Brian has all these people. Uh, it's the, the, sermon on the Mount where Jesus is giving out his wisdom. And there, there's people who are too far away because it's too crowded. And so they can't quite hear him. And so here's what happens.
3: Could you be quiet, please? What was that? I don't know. It's too busy throwing a big nose. I think it was blessed are the cheesemakers. What's so special about the cheesemakers? Well, obviously it's not meant to be taken literally. It refers to any manufacturers of dairy products. See, if you haven't been going on with heard that big nose. Hey, say that once more or I'll smash your bloody face in. <laughs>
1: I just think it's funny they're so petty and cruel while they're listening to Jesus and one guy keeps saying, "Can we go watch the stoning?" No, we could watch the stoning anytime. <laughs>
2: Money
1: by that. Uh, maybe morgan saw that and he was sort of slightly winking about it too yeah that's but, uh,
2: funny but you know it was something that eastman kept trying and failing at it, but he didn't yeah. but he didn't stop he kept going
1: yeah and he's a vegetarian so he needs and he needs to you know have his chocolate and everything yes so he needs he needs that goat there yeah um but this guy his name is eastman he's a forensic psychologist which put him in contact with a lot of really bad people, which gives him more credibility. Yep. Uh, like if somebody like a nanny or a daycare person came up with this code of no killing, no matter what, then you might think, uh, yeah, I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> right. But a guy who's, who's been in contact with all these horrible people is, I can see why they gave him that profession because it's more meaningful. I think the actor was awesome. Yes. John Carroll Lynch. John
2: Carroll Lynch. Do you know where, have you seen him before? Of course you have. Fargo. Fargo. Norm Gunderson, Margie's husband.
1: Yep. Who was an artist. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and he won a contest. to got his art put on a stamp or something. <laughs> yeah. And he was also an evil clown in American Horror Story Freak Show.
2: I can't watch that now. I can't see my, my sweet Eastman being yeah. a clown. He was al- he has
1: a, you can't even recognize him hardly really this face mask on
2: he was also in the Americans
1: oh I didn't know that
2: yep he played Fred
1: I like that he's a vegetarian and he got pissed off that Morgan quote laid waste to a perfectly good tomato plant <laughs> he made it made him fix it <laughs> he's like you're killing I told you no killing
2: <laughs> I even like his name I mean he's a man Eastman from, yeah he's a man from the East you know,
1: Eastern that's philosophy. right. I yeah, had thought about that. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, there's another thing of significance about his name, but I'll, I'll go into that later. But uh, he looks like Remy La victoire who hosts the sci-fi movie podcast on the Podcastica Network.
2: No kidding, really? That's <laughs> yeah, what Remy looks like. I thought so,
1: yeah, he looks like they could totally be brothers.
2: Oh, that's that's awesome. That makes me love Remy.
1: And Remy's also a man of peace, as far as I know. <laughs> um, and then here's some. Quo- uh, he had a lot of great quotes So I'm just going to read some He says It was Aikido That's how I kicked your ass earlier Well that's how I redirected your ass It's <laughs> a great quote <laughs> He said I would said this one already But I gave you two choices The door or the couch That's Kung Fu, very Kung Fu He said I can't make this trip by myself Trip where? I have no idea Which I thought was really mm. zen Yep He said Tabitha got out She figured out the door was open too And, and, and uh, I
2: like that Morgan said I didn't figure
1: that out. You had to tell me. You tell me. And the one that you said, everything is about people, everything in life in this life that's worth a damn. I think that could just as easily be about revenge as love, by the way. But uh what? <laughs> just that quote in and of itself, everything is about people, getting even with them. <laughs> but no, I think you're probably right. Uh I'm just kidding. And then he says, I've come to believe that all life is precious. So really good stuff. Um, But you know, the one thing about him that was, I thought kind of lame is that he got himself killed. I mean, it's that perpetual thing about how zombies are not very formidable. So people who get killed by them look stupid, but the way he got killed looked really stupid, especially for a guy who's supposed to be uh, this master of martial arts.
2: Yeah. And he pushes, pushes Morgan out of the way, sort of spins him out of the way and, and then turns his back on the zombie and the zombie chomps his back. I mean, yeah, that's sort of the department of the suspension and disbelief.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I loved his quote about how the the grassy
1: notes of the
2: cheese are a little too astroturf. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's a good one.
2: You know, he reminded me of Herschel in that, in that Herschel was full of love and everything. And just like Herschel, because Herschel was, you know had come back from being a raging alcoholic. And just like Herschel, he was a guy with a really, really dark past. And, you know, his backstory is losing his family, which is unbelievably heartbreaking. And then he went crazy and starved this guy to death for 47 days, which, you know, would drive anybody, you know, crazy. So, and then he turned himself in for murder. But there was no one to turn himself into. too. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. It, he, and he
1: said, that's when I realized the world was over. And then Morgan said, the world isn't over. And he's like, progress. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I did, too. I love that. Because that whole, the world isn't over is another thing. Like, no, let the past go. Focus on where you are and what you've got. Right. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. That was wonderful. He was my number four, by the way, too.
1: And then another thing about him, uh, this sort of ties in with my first point. But when he made Morgan do the forms, right, when he was feeling emotional about his wife and son, let's go do forms right now. Remember that? Yes. When he was, he just told him that Morgan. Forms right now. Yeah, that Dwayne and Jenny died. I think it was to prevent him from closing down and going down the rabbit hole with it. Yes. But not to stuff it down. While while he's doing them, East, Eastman says, you're going to hold a baby again. And so he I mean,
2: does, by the way. Remember? Yeah, he helped Yeah, which is really
1: cool. Yeah. So it's about, this whole thing is about... Being strong and capable training while at the same time staying open to the possibility and to the present moment and to, like Eastman says that every person has potential every life has potential yeah. So, um, I really do hope that Morgan can even though I would think like I'm not capable of turning somebody around and I, I think the best thing to protect my family If my family was still around would be to kill that wolf just for this show I want to see an example of somebody turning it around. So I want to see Morgan turn this guy around. That's what I want to see. Even though right now the way he talks, you're just like you little slime bucket, you should die. You know, that's how I feel. Yeah. But I want to see Morgan turn turn him around. <laughs> and then somebody else can come in and kill him or whatever. I don't
2: know. <laughs> <laughs> okay
1: okay so uh we're gonna take a little break and talk about our first sponsor it is audible a sponsor that we've had a a few times over the years and we're always glad to have because audible is great for people who listen to podcasts and want to look at listen to other things like audiobooks they have one hundred eighty thousand audio programs from the leading publishers they have also broadcasters entertainers magazines business information providers The Audible app is free and it works on everything, your iPhone, iPad, Android, Windows phone, and you can download and listen on your Kindle Fire and and just about every MP3 player there is. And they have a great listen guarantee. So if you decide you don't like the one you chose, you can exchange it for uh, any you can exchange any book you're not happy with for another title. No questions asked. That's great. I know that's pretty cool for a recommendation i'm gonna find uh, pick a new recommendation i promise next time but i i keep getting emails still thanking me for recommending the girl with all the gifts i got one recently that said so our power went out yesterday for several hours so i went to the store to get candles and a book target has the girl with all the gifts i read for two days barely able to put it down i fucking loved it <laughs> such a different take on the genre, genre. loved it from start to finish going to listen to that podcast now, meaning the one where I interviewed the author. But that's for the print book, obviously. But I listened to the audio book in preparation for that interview. And it was just uh, really good. The author has this beautiful English accent and she reads the the parts. She
2: Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> I, I thought in your, in your interview, the author has a great English.
1: Oh, no, I'm sorry. I, I did say author, but it, I'm talking about the audiobook reader. Yes. Yeah, he does too. But she she reads the parts, uh, you know, all like in character and she's really good. So uh, anyone hearing this can get a free audiobook of your choice and a free 30-day trial membership by going to audiblepodcast.com slash deadcast This is a great way you can show your support for our podcast and get your free audiobook and 30-day trial. That's audiblepodcast.com slash deadcast. And thanks to Audible for their support.
2: Thank you, Audible.
1: Okay, number three. Uh, This episode was another thing that was awesome about it was that it tied up a lot of kind of loose ends about Morgan. And made connections to other things. You just mentioned the baby thing. That was a connection.
2: He held Judith.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that it tied back to earlier Morgan stuff because, you know, you just you also mentioned that Rick has only met him twice. And this is the third time. And he seemed kind of like a different person each time to me. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, maybe I could see how he was in the pilot led to how he became because in between that time he lost his son and he'd already lost his wife.
2: And he couldn't bring himself to kill his wife even his
1: wife yeah but you know in clear he was just off the deep end off the deep end and I mean I could see how he might get to that place but then how the hell did he get to where he was when we saw him you know chasing after Rick and getting to Alexandria so we get to see that and it, it really did tie it all together really well it was beautiful I thought yep we saw the we figured out where the rabbit's foot came from
2: yeah did he leave that rabbit's foot back at the church
1: he took all that stuff out, the bullet too, right? I think he took out the bullet too and that was the one that the couple uh put down on top of their can of soup yes. and said thank you for not killing us and he I think that turned him around he he had relapsed but it made him realize no I'm not like this anymore. Right. So that bullet was a reminder of that, I think. But I think he um maybe just took it out in the church just as a sort of a little ceremony, but I'm not sure if he left it there. Maybe he did the rabbit's foot. Somebody wrote in and said it was a different shade, but I think it was still supposed to be the same one. So that was a lucky rabbit's foot giving to Eastman by his daughter. And then the next day he found the Aikido classes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's a lucky rabbit's foot.
1: And then I rewatched clear on the plane home from Atlanta just to see if I could spot any other and? connections. Well, he begs Rick to kill him. Yep. Kill Like me. he did with Eastman a few times in this episode. Um, there was a exchange. Carl said, Morgan, I had to shoot you. You know that, right? And Carl is so cute. He looks like half his age right now. <laughs> um, and then he goes, I'm sorry. And Morgan says, hey, son, don't ever be sorry. And this episode, Eastman says he's sorry to find out Morgan's son and wife are killed. And Morgan says, don't ever be sorry.
2: Yeah that's good
1: echoes yeah and just watching clear again made me you know we we love that episode so much and a lot of people did and now i do think that's pretty indicative of what walking dead is now you know there's a lot of episodes that are that good and it's because gimple's in charge now
0: i
2: couldn't agree more (laughs) yes vote for gimple
1: yay uh Let's see. And the the beginning of this episode, he was in that space where Rick found him. It was dark, so it was hard to tell. But I think it was dark on purpose. Yes. So they wouldn't have to make it exactly right. <laughs> right, right. But then it kind of burned down sort of accidentally, but it looked like he didn't really care or something. Right. I don't know. It was
2: out of his, his mine anyway.
1: And then the last one, we I think we find out definitively that clear actually means kill. I don't think we knew that. For sure before he kept saying i need to clear but i didn't i mean he, i knew he meant he meant it need to clear the space of zombies but it just seemed a little enigmatic to me back yeah then. and
2: it could have been it could have also meant i need to clear my head i need to clear mm-hmm. out my memories or something yeah but yeah, yeah clear so, yeah. is clearing it out of people and and undead and alive people both
1: yeah well Eastman says what do you do He goes I clear what does that mean Walkers people anything that gets Anywhere near, near me I kill them. I clear so that I think Gimple was like oh people didn't Get that or well, let me hear it. let me set it straight <laughs> Yeah. Actually you <laughs> or- know what
2: I loved when I loved when Eastman was talking to him Because Eastman was sort of the voice of Us and Eastman Was you know yeah, saying what's that? what's that or you know kill <laughs> me That's <a> stupid name Yeah <laughs> You know he's able to say these things,
1: yeah, 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 he yeah, he's great, man. I'm sorry that he only had one episode, me too, for that very reason. It'd be fun yep. to see him with uh Eugene, for example, yeah <laughs> yes, it would <laughs> and then I liked when he said, "I clear, why? because that's why I'm still here, and Eastman said that's the biggest load of horseshit I ever heard,
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wonderful. And also, we got some mysteries answered that were sort of brought up at the beginning. For, for instance, we we learned what happened to Eastman. He wasn't a big mystery to us. I mean, he was at the beginning, but at the end, we find out he did kill Creighton Dallas Williams. Yeah,
1: and you know what else he said? I've I've interviewed eight hundred twenty, you know, psychotic criminals or whatever it was, and I've only met one evil person, and so. I thought, is that a little bit hypocritical? I mean, this guy sounded evil as hell. He broke out of prison just to kill this guy's wife and kid. But it's like, oh, if it's personal, then it's evil. But what about those people who I'm sure killed somebody else's wives and kids? They're not evil.
2: Yeah, maybe he was not referring necessarily to the deed, but more to the, the heart, you know?
1: Yeah, well, somebody's heart of the guy who killed your family is going to seem a lot more evil than the heart of the guy who killed somebody else's family.
2: Well, maybe the, the evil ones are are irredeemable, but the... I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. Sorry.
1: <laughs> I just thought it was a little, like, a little yeah. hypocritical. I get it. <laughs> okay, your turn.
2: And actually, <laughs> it's funny you should say that because that's sort of what what i put down to it was that the writing was really beautifully structured on this um in this episode that we got the answers to a lot of mysteries and i mean we got some mysteries but then we got the answers pretty soon too so i loved all that and i also thought that the dialogue between the two of them were was just beautiful and that even the silences were Lovely, you mm-hmm. know what I mean?
1: Yeah, this episode had some great uh, moments of no dialogue, but the dialogue was great too, just like you just said. And it was an hour and a half, but I was never bored for nope, a second. There
2: was I, nope, nope. Mm-hmm. And I, mean, I watched it twice eagerly mm-hmm. watching it the second time, so yeah, okay, you go.
1: All right, number two are nods to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles.
2: I thought I was hoping you'd bring that up.
1: You know about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles?
2: I do know about the Teenage You've Mutant seen Ninja them? Turtles. You no, know who they're? Oh, yes.
1: Well, there's there's Leonardo, Michelangelo, and Donatello make up the team with one other fellow, Raphael. He's the leader of the group, transformed from the norm by the nuclear goop. <laughs> <laughs> wow, <laughs> which is that a. Little is song? a um, song from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie in the 90s that was playing at the theater where I worked and heard it 10,000 times (laughs) (laughs) as I was cleaning popcorn off the floor Uh, so they all have weapons uh, their own signature weapon and the staff is Donatello's weapon and uh, so that connects uh, Morgan and Eastman to Donatello the other thing that connects him is the stunt guy who played Donatello while he was fighting in the movies uh-huh. was also the guy who trained Lenny James and Eastman on how to use it.
0: <gasps>
2: oh. <laughs> His name is Stephen
1: Ho. So that's pretty that's cool.
2: Fabulous.
1: He's like an expert with the staff, I guess. The bow staff. Yeah. Kevin Eastman is the co-creator of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Eastman? Kevin Eastman, eh. He's also the publisher of Heavy Metal Magazine. Also, Enid (laughs) ate a turtle.
2: Oh, she did. (laughs) I don't know. Indeed. Right. Uh,
1: People will say, that's a tortoise. I don't care. I don't know. It
2: is a tortoise, but go ahead.
1: (laughs) And then if Morgan is like Donatello, then Michonne is kind of Leonardo because he had swords. So we just need someone with uh, nunchucks and size and we'll have all the turtles. (laughs) (laughs) So like Carl needs to get some nunchucks
2: That's awesome (laughs) And there's one more thing
1: Oh What is it Uh,
2: That he was wearing a t-shirt That said save terrapins Uh And a terrapin is a turtle Well it's uh, a turtle I think it's a turtle Uh, It's like a sea turtle Um, And so Turtles there you go. Turtles. Tur- yes. Some
1: turtles. Oh, I should mention that, yeah, turtles, they go all the way down. That's a Stephen King reference. That's but actually um,
2: not just a Stephen King reference. That's, that's like... That's the, not- well, yeah, it's at the beginning of um, Stephen Haw-
1: Hawkins. Hawkins? Hawkins,
2: sorry, Hawkins. Yeah, what's his big book?
1: The universal blow your mind yes. theory yes everything. that
2: one uh at the beginning of that he tells the turtle story where the woman says
1: oh i didn't know that
2: everyone uh she says everyone you're a very clever young man but everyone knows that the universe rides on the back of a turtle and he said well that's an interesting thought but what's the turtle on and she says oh that's hilarious because it's turtles all the way down
1: yeah, <laughs> that's good. I'm glad you told that, so people would know what the hell we're talking about. Um, um And by the way, hacksaw Jack, who is a co- is a Rick Grimes cosplayer, he's the one who pointed out some of these uh, connections to me while we were having drinks. So just want to give him credit for that. So, did you know in the beginning who Morgan was talking to?
2: No, nobody knew.
1: yeah and then the second time watching it it seemed a little more obvious it was because he said you said you liked talking you said you wanted every last thing that I have and that's exactly what that guy said to him when they first sat down together oh it's nice to have a talk I don't get to do this very often by the way don't eat that because I'm gonna kill you and take everything you have (laughs) so um then it it, I, I didn't catch it though but the second time through, it was like, uh, yeah, that's that was their dialogue. That
2: was their dialogue. Were you, su- were you surprised that he didn't kill him? I mean, were you surprised that he didn't kill him back in JSS?
1: That Morgan didn't? Yeah. yeah. Uh Wait, in JSS. Oh, yes. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I thought he sho- shoved his staff right through his head. Right. And I um, think you
2: and I talked about this, and we didn't see mm-hmm. him...
1: No, you couldn't really see it,
2: right? And so we were like, "Did he do it or didn't he do it?"
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought he did, but I guess I'm not shocked. I'm not totally surprised, but I was surprised because I I kind of thought he did. But now that we've seen this episode, it now makes more understand. sense that yeah, yeah. Well, my actually my number one is this wolf kid, and uh, do it, man. He he. Well, that I mean that was one thing, but um, you know in his relationship with this guy he's taken on Eastman views obviously believing that anyone can be turned around Eastman said they could heal some more some less but they can we all can there's always potential where there's life there's potential but as you and I already kind of talked about this wolf said i'm going to have to kill everyone here the children too those are the rules that's my code so it seems like those are two incompatible codes that have met here and uh yes i uh as much as i hate to say it i think that there should be a limit that you shouldn't just say i'm never going to kill anyone ever in this world and um i would like morgan to prove me wrong but i just don't think it's responsible to let a guy like this live when there's babies around and stuff i agree yeah yeah but I still want to see, I mean, I hope he's successful, just, it'll be a different, different thing than we've ever seen before. I mean, I was also thinking like how, uh, Morgan would have never even entertained the idea of killing Randall. And, and I think he would have been right in that case. Cause Randall, even if Randall was kind of rough, I think he could have been turned around, but we didn't even know whether he was rough or not. <laughs> They just suspect. <laughs> yeah, you seem like kind of a bumpkin. <laughs> Guys get all crazy.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> have a good old time. You can all fit right. right in. Your, uh, your turn.
2: <laughs> we pretty much covered uh, absolutely everything that I was going to touch on.
1: Notes too?
2: Um. Yeah, even notes. Except that I have to say I really love Tabitha the Goat, who is played by Ruby the Goat. And... The goat cheese was made by, I guess, Ruby's handler makes goat cheese, and so they got some nice goat cheese from Ruby the goat. Who's really, really Oh, Tabitha. they
1: really did? Yeah. Oh, wow. Isn't that nice? Would you trust Morgan with your goat?
2: Yeah, of course I would. especially He cause... might
1: clear it, I thought. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Well, in, it was in the middle, though. Like Morgan had just sort of started to turn around.
2: Well, you know what? If you're a forensic psychiatrist, you can judge you how can people... You can tell. Yeah. yeah, that thing is, Eastman had mad skills as a forensic psychologist. He was trained right. in reading people, and he had a lot of experience reading people. So right away, he can tell... Morgan's
1: Morgan. good at it too yeah he 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 told he could tell that Carol was uh you know yes always ready checking
2: it checking him out it. yeah yeah exactly one thing by the but way
1: yeah you're right he's no forensic psychologist
2: one thing that Lenny James said on the talking Dead that I thought was interesting is that he referred to Morgan as sort of like a duck moving in the water and that is on the top it's he he looks completely calm, but just under the surface of the water, the feet are madly paddling to keep him afloat. And he was saying that sort of underneath his calm surface, he's struggling still to to keep his his calm and 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 put into practice all the lessons that he's learned. I thought that was mm-hmm.
1: interesting. Yeah, he doesn't have it totally down and internalized yet. Yeah,
2: exactly. Uh.
1: Okay, a few notes. So, I Michonne did eat Morgan's peanut butter bar. We all knew that, but I watched it again and saw it. <laughs> so she's a liar.
2: <laughs> oh, you mean in clear?
1: In clear? Oh yeah, yeah.
2: no, we totally knew that.
1: You knew that, yeah. but I, I, yeah, I was like, yep, yep, there she is. <laughs>
2: there it is.
1: They use that whole now and then thing. Yeah, where they put then and now. They did that in season 5 episode 1 with Gareth? Yes. And in both cases it was a I think it signified a big change in perspective. Gareth went from being cattle to butcher and Morgan from killer to peacemaker. Hmm. You know, from yeah. the past to future.
2: Then and now. Uh
1: I uh, get it's tough to understand a lot of what uh Morgan was talking about sometimes, but I think that's because they just wanted to make him seem incoherent Yes, like he, he said, you know what it is a couple of times I'm like what what is what what is what? what? <laughs> <laughs> and I think he said 16 hours and 19 on the floor a couple of times Interesting, so I don't know what that, I don't means. What that means either speculated that it was 16 hours after Wayne got bitten that he died at 19 oh. to reanimate. Oh, we don't, we don't know. I loved the burning zombie coming through the fire in the beginning. Yes, remember that?
2: Yes, I do. Awesome. Coming through the like the bonfire, <laughs> the zombie bonfire.
1: I like the blurring effect when he went into PTSD oh, mode.
2: Oh, god, I love that too. Yeah, I love <laughs> that. I love that his from his it was sort of like his blurry perspective. Yeah, it's great. Uh
1: huh. There was one scene where he, the, I think it was it when the zombie was eating the goat or at some point, or no, the, the was two zombies came in to try to get the goat and he, I forget when, but anyway, he just like clocked one of them in the head and it fell over uh-huh. unconscious. And I was like, can you knock a zombie out? I don't know
0: That's
1: what it looked like happened.
2: <laughs> That's funny. And, and by the way, did you notice that the, the zombies in the end, he was sitting in front of the sunflowers?
1: yeah and it was all pretty looking
0: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah I did notice that they didn't show Morgan kill Eastman but then the camera came down and it showed a grave marker with his name on it I thought that was pretty cool actually
2: I'm I'm so glad we didn't have to see Eastman die
1: we've seen enough death on this show Yep. (laughs) yeah and then uh, yeah that's it I said everything I had to say
2: by the way, how gorgeous was that? Was that set in that area with, with the with the river and the rocks? And I thought it was so beautiful.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it was great looking episode too.
2: Apparently, when they filmed it, it was unspeakably hot and humid.
1: <laughs> yeah, 106. <laughs> but it was back in uh, Georgia. The episode took place in Georgia, um, but we see somehow the same scenery in Washington it's
2: it's yeah exactly um, it's gay Georgia uh, and the town is called gay in Georgia and it, guess what happens if you try to google like I did gay Georgia, gay Georgia. <laughs> guess what comes up you'll never believe it and then I'm like images oh Sunflowers. well that's, that's really not helping I just wanted to see like more pictures of gay Georgia and the river and like no no that's way down there try
1: gay georgia gorgeous (laughs) gay georgia gorgeous (laughs) that will help (laughs) that might work Uh, uh anything else that's it okay we'll take a little break there's more to come stay with us back it's time to talk about fracture fracture this is fracture's last episode with us for a while oh no yeah and it's been really good having them back as a sponsor this year and uh so go to fractureme.com and use promo code deadcast for 15% off your first purchase fractures are your photos printed on glass so it's really easy to do you just pick any photo that you've done People choose different ones, beautiful ones you're proud of, a picture of a family member, your dog, your goat, whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I see a lot of families in the ones that you know our listeners show, really cute family pictures. But anyways, <laughs> upload whichever one you want to their site. Choose a size. They have some editing tools so you can crop it if you want. You can make it black and white. You can add a border around it. Then when you're done, you submit it and and then they make them in this factory in Florida and everyone is hand checked and they has what they call a happiness guarantee and also a lifetime warranty. So if you're not happy with your order, you have 60 days to let them know so they can try and make it right. Then they come really neatly packaged in this kind of dense package and they have you open it and it has this foam core mount built in so fractures a plan words for frame and picture together so it's like this frame and picture in one and it's really elegantly produced but when you turn it you know you put it up on the wall you just see the photo pretty much it's really and it's really vivid and colorful and it's printed edge to edge and it's also very very light it's a lot lighter than i thought a glass photo would be so it's really neat and they make really good gifts gifts and I'm pretty sure you can still get them in time for Christmas. So if you go to fractureme.com, you can find out. You can get the pictures there. You can also learn a lot about them. They have a really great, nice website with information. And you can even go on there and pick works of art to have fracture eyes that they have the rights to and things like that. But whatever you do, use code deadcast for 15% off if it's your first order. And big, big thank you to Fracture for supporting the our podcast all this time. We love having you guys as partners. And uh, everyone else, don't forget, if you do get a Fracture made, send a, send it to us too, because I want to see what pictures you guys are getting
3: made. Thanks, Fracture. Obvious threat to untold numbers of citizens. The people it kills get up and kill. T- are they slow moving, Chief? Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. This is a Walking Deadcast News Update.
1: Okay, this first one is uh, from just one part of an interview that Lenny James did on Vulture.com that I thought was interesting. They asked him, did you learn Aikido? He says, to the degree that it can be learned in that span of time and can be learned in relation to the bow staff. Most of all, my training is about the bow staff. It's not so much about the general principles of Aikido. It's about where Aikido is relevant for how you work the bow staff. That's Morgan's weapon of choice and it's a weapon that beautifully fits into the path that he's trying to walk, the path of the peaceful warrior, which is funny because there's a book called The Way of the Peaceful Warrior that's really good. And it's also another one of these guru stories. That's nice. But anyways, and the stick is great because at one moment it's simply an implement to help you walk or to aid you in your walking. And then if it is swung in the right way, it's a deadly weapon. But it's also a weapon that can keep people at a distance. It doesn't have to kill you. So it's perfect for Morgan and where his mindset is at the moment.
2: That's great.
1: I agree I'm a lot more pro staff now Although I do think that Some dude who's a forensic psychologist And takes a few Aikido classes which has Nothing to do with the bow staff probably wouldn't be That great at teaching Morgan to be the badass That he is right now <laughs> Okay <laughs> and I also don't think Michonne would be as Good with that sword unless there's Some big huge part of her past that we don't know About and all we know for sure now Is that she found it after the apocalypse Started but uh Suspension disbelief that's right yeah.
0: We do it all the
2: time.
1: Next, uh, did you notice that a certain person's name was not in the opening credits of this week's episode that usually is there?
2: I did not notice, but I read later, yes. <laughs> yes. Steven and what do you Yun. think that means? I don't think it means anything. I think it means that they just took him out of the credits just to throw it out there. I honestly I don't think it means anything. Me do you? too.
1: Misdirection. No, yep. no, no. Still in that first phase of denial.
2: Denial. Later, we'll get to anger and acceptance. But for right now, we're solidly in denial.
1: <laughs> Are we skipping over depression?
2: No, I plan to wallow.
1: <laughs> so it's denial, anger, acceptance, depression.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sure.
1: <laughs> okay. So next, Walking Dead has been renewed for a seventh season. Shocking. Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> wow. Yeah. The giant moneymaker. maker. <laughs> that is, The Walking Dead is going to be extended for another season. Yay! I'm actually- Except
1: everyone's contract—they all got seven-year contracts, so they're all ended, and it's going to be a whole new cast. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Just
1: kidding. That wouldn't make sense anyway because it's the seventh season. Uh, and then finally, Norman Reedus is getting his own reality show on AMC called "Ride with Norman Reedus." He
2: is, is he? What's the yeah. What's the premise?
1: This I feel like this one would be if I said, okay, I'm going to read four news items. You guess which one's fake? It would be this one.
2: That would totally
0: be fake, yes.
2: <laughs> but yeah. it's true. Huh.
1: uh And he told me, by the way, that he doesn't think of it as a reality show because I did his panel too, which was awesome. But uh, anyway, he's a motorcycle enthusiast and he's going to rove the open road and explore. I think they did one episode already, but they're going to go to warehouses, tattoo parlors, smoke houses, <sighs> Whorehouses, no, not whorehouses. And he's going to interact with mechanics, motorcycle craftsmen, and collectors, and stuff like that. He's going to have guests each week that ride around with him—other actors, musicians, and local motorcycle experts. I wonder. I bet you there will be some Walking Dead people that go with him. How
2: about a podcaster? Like Karen (laughs) or Jason?
1: (laughs) Have you? Can you ride a motorcycle?
2: I had a motorcycle.
1: Ah, yeah, I had a Kawas- I, didn't know that. I had
2: a Kawasaki Ninja. Mm-hmm.
1: That is so cool.
2: It I only had it for like a year or two. Um, I I laid it down a couple times too many, and I was like, okay, maybe I need to rethink this whole, really? this whole motorcycle thing. Yeah, it was you my fell only. Over? It was my only mode of transportation. And then somebody was selling their car, and I was like, okay, I'll get the car. And then eventually, <laughs> I sold the motorcycle.
1: That was a good idea.
2: I still like bicycles and horses.
1: You never got hurt that bad?
0: No. No.
2: Good.
1: No. I rode one for about, oh, yeah, it was about two years. And it was a big Cruiser 650. And uh, I never fell, but I had some super close calls where I almost died. And I was like, that's enough.
2: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Anyway. Still love motorcycles, though.
1: Yeah, me too. In fact, last a uh, couple of years ago, Rich and I rented bikes and drove up to Portland. It was pretty awesome. Oh, that's nice. Alright, that's enough with the highly relevant news. Let's <laughs> move on wow. to listener moans, groans, and grunts.
3: Uh, Alright,
1: let's do listener responses.
2: Okay, so the first one comes from Joe Morris, who writes, as much as I love this show, the timing of this one totally sucked. Talk about taking the total awesomeness and just pumping the damn brakes what the fuck
1: (laughs) nick quinto says probably one of the best episodes of the walking dead always seems that the morgan ones take the cake well in this case take case takes the gouda wink
2: (laughs) (laughs) jeff Rhodes writes is that a joke? Even the goat knows this episode is bad. Wow.
1: <laughs> Jeff Rhodes hated it. Uh, Jennifer Anderson says, I love this episode. One of my favorites. I feel like it gives us a better understanding of why Morgan is making the choices he has the last few episodes. Yep.
2: Tori Ling writes, this is the first episode to be told as a narrative as Morgan tells the story of the events between Clear and No Sanctuary to the wolves leader. Yeah, it's actually true. And-
1: cool and it worked really well Jessica Rhodes says bum we don't know what happened to Glenn but this episode was a nice change of pace I absolutely I was absolutely riveted hearing Eastman tell his story I actually gasped when he said what Crichton did to his family just hope that wolf dies before he has a chance to kill
2: wow I wonder if Jessica Rhodes is related to Jeff Rhodes and they seem to be completely on opposite sides of the spectrum in terms of like the episode I
1: don't know I don't I don't know I've I don't she she's married she's a friend of mine by the way oh. Jessica yeah she's great she she hooked me up with Harry you know who does yes. uh, podcast junkies yes. but uh, anyways I don't she's married but I don't know if her husband is Jeff
2: it's Jeff who hated the episode. <laughs> Melissa Mel Donato Phillips writes Hi Jason and Karen, my husband and I enjoyed a couple of panels you two hosted at Walker Soccer Con Atlanta. Great job. I'm bummed that Thank they- you. Thank you. I'm bummed that this episode <laughs> was placed after the Glenn episode. It's the story I want to hear, uh, just not with the uncertainty of Glenn's well
1: being. Well, you're supposed to think he's dead, I think.
2: Yeah, he's not very well right now. <laughs> Except he is, don't worry. No.
1: But I no but I think I don't know but I I bet you when they were writing this all they were going to be like they thought well everybody's going to think that Glenn's dead at this point. I really think it I really think that they didn't they were hoping that people wouldn't be speculating as much as they are.
2: That's what we do. We <laughs>
0: speculate.
1: Come on. And they would be that people would be like, "Oh, I just want a break from all that." And we'd be happy, but they're like, "No, tell us what happened to Glenn." Oh my god. Evan Brookman says, I like Lenny James, and I was interested in some Morgan backstory. Unfortunately, it was not the follow-up episode I or expect too many others really wanted after. Thank you. I watched the entire 90 Minutes Losing Track. How many times my mind wandered into thoughts of, I wonder if they will show Glenn. Could Glenn really fit under that dumpster? (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of a shame. I feel like this episode won't get its due because of the position in the schedule. Well, a lot of people loved it. I I didn't care about that at all.
2: I didn't care about it at all, but maybe you're maybe you're absolutely right, Evan. Maybe um, that some people will dislike it just because of where, of it, where it came in. Yeah, the, and, and
1: they'd like it more if they weren't worried about Glenn so right, much. Right, exactly. It's tough because, you know, we had the Governor episodes last year, and people were mad at them because they interrupted the story too. And, and I think they learned a lesson, and in, instead of doing two episodes with Morgan, they just did one long one. But still, I really don't think there's a great place to put any story like this and not have people think, I wonder what's happening to the main characters. Right. You know?
2: Yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, yeah. It, it, you know what? And I'm fine taking a breath, too. It's, mm-hmm. you know, as long as I get yeah. my answer next week. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Zildlo. That's a, a great last name.
0: How Morgan how
2: Morgan got his staff equals how Jack got his tattoos, but longer. <laughs> That's why it's a lost reference.
1: Of the worst episode That of is Lost. the worst episode of Lost <laughs> yeah. Oh man that is harsh man Jeff Rhodes again says I wish Crichton Dallas Walton would have killed the cheesemaker <laughs> Then we could have Badass Morgan instead of Tyrese 2.0 Oh
2: man <laughs> Jeff Rhodes thanks for typing it again
1: I totally disagree but love the way you put that I
2: do too. Mariana Chacon writes It was okay Eastman was very lucky to have lived as long as he did If he would have had come across a wolf
1: he would be dead. Maybe, I mean,
2: maybe. I don't know. He's badass, uh, and Morgan took yeah. on like three wolves at once. So,
1: and he may have come across wolves and turned them into little puppy dogs.
2: Right, exactly.
1: <laughs> you know? Jose Estrada says, "Jason, don't quit the podcast because Tabitha is." Gone. <laughs> <laughs> very funny that is funny. people are mocking my emotions
2: alan michael Just kidding, i
1: appreciate it <laughs>
2: alan michael come best writes i enjoyed the change of pace lenny james is awesome he carried the episode so well as did eastman it was great to see his backstory and only he could hold an episode that well this may be one of my favorite overall one of my overall favorites very strong singular story i agree
1: nice Christina Sauer says, amazing episode. I was kind of checked out because I wanted to know what happened, but this episode blew me away. Hugs to Jason.
2: Evidently (laughs) not to Karen. Thanks, Christina.
1: (laughs) Well, you got enough hugs last time.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it was nice. (laughs) Maureen Stewart says, all the feels. I don't think I've ever cried so much during an episode of The Walking Dead Me Too. Must be the overwhelming kindness shown to Morgan. It's so strange to see so much goodness in this show. Loved it. With that being said, that wolf still has to die. (laughs) That's
1: funny. (laughs) I like that.
0: Me too.
1: Uh, Emails. This is from Mofevo, who always has great questions. Here's a few. Do you think Morgan has the same skills as a psychiatrist to be able to help the alpha wolf? Morgan was very broken when encountering Eastman. Pretty sure the alpha wolf is something else completely. This has the potential of going very badly. That yes. it does. I don't know. We'll see. Potent- very likely not. But I hope he does. Is the show going to have any impact on the number of people taking Aikido? Yes. Yes. I'm going sign up. S- Several more I feel like doing it If I had time mm-hmm. I think I would be inspired But I don't have any time Do you agree with the decision To put this episode in At this point When I heard Lenny James Discussing how they filmed it Out of order And separate Gave me the feeling They intentionally Gave themselves the flexibility To slot it in Where they wanted Could have been episodes Four or five Or six even maybe I I, I don't think We'll really know The answer to that Until we've seen A few more And then maybe we'll think ah Maybe it would have Fit better a little bit later but I'm fine with it now in fact I kind of like having it after a cliffhanger and you just have to wait a little bit longer it's not like it's a star Empire Strikes Back where you had to wait two years three years to see <laughs> Return of the Jedi <laughs> <laughs> oh and then finally the Glenn question where are you now in your feeling I swear we need a debate which outlines the facts that indicate that he is dead and facts that indicate he's alive hoping you and Karen will cover that Well, go listen to episode 197 because those were two of my points. Signs that he's dead and signs that he's alive. Maybe you wanted a little bit more than that, but... Have you changed since then? Covered it. My underwear? Yes, your underwear. No, I'm wearing Mac Weldon. Just kidding. (laughs) Um, uh, No, not at all. I think he's alive and well.
2: Yeah, that's what what I've been feeling too. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: There you go. There it is. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks, Mofeva. This one comes from Rima Todd, who writes Hi, Jason, Karen, Eric, aka Mr. Blog, and Grace. Oh, cool. First, I'd like to say that it was so awesome to meet you all at Walker Stalker Con Atlanta. You were also gracious to meet fans of your podcast, and it meant a lot that you took the time to chat. Jason, your costumes were great, and you did a great job on the panels asking questions fans really wanted asked. We would would love to chat more next time Karen you are so fun to be around love that laugh Eric I could talk with you all day Grace you are awesome oh that's really nice on to the episode what a great show tonight I initially thought a 90 minute Morgan centric episode would be too much but it was just right the show never felt slow and I could watch Morgan and Eastman interact all day me too I think we got a true glimpse into Morgan's madness, and the music and camera effects that were used to reflect uh, that were going on. What was, sorry, used to reflect that were on point. When Morgan killed those two men in the woods, it was quite shocking to see how far gone he really was, and my heart broke. I loved Eastman and his humor and philosophy. I'm not sure if it's the right way to be in the apocalypse, but to see him. Uh, To see him talk uh, about what he believed in made me think it wouldn't be so bad to have your inner peace when the world was falling apart. John Carroll Lynch really sold his performance and I was in tears when he spoke of the tragedy of his wife and children. John Carroll Lynch and Lenny James both had stellar performances in this episode and I'm sad to how it ended for Eastman. I was hoping the cheesemaker was still living his quiet life in the cabin. As much as I longed for... Answers from the previous episode This was a nice palate cleanser That was great to see Morgan's journey That we uh, would have been Wondering about since his appearance In season 5 The Walking Dead making me have all the feels Life is precious Thanks again for that awesome time in Atlanta Until next time, don't get bit Mm -hmm. That's nice
1: Yeah, You pretty much feel the same way about it as I do That it's really nice To have that Episode where there's Someone, you know, has this great optimistic positive philosophy, but we're not sure if it's right for the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. (laughs) But I want it to be. Um, And then we have one call. Oh, by the way, it was great to meet you too, and all of you guys who are out there. We'll talk a little bit more about our experience at Walker Stalker in the end segment. But for now, here is a call from Greg from South Carolina.
3: Hey, Jason and Karen. This is Greg from South Carolina. I uh, Just got done watching the Morgan-centric episode, and uh, so I was just uh, kind of struck by how strongly it resemb- resembled uh, Days Gone By. The pilot, um, yeah. Where you know, Rick comes out, doesn't have any idea what's going on, uh, is greeted by somebody who helps him out, knocks him out, and then uh, kind of helps him rehab and informs him how it can be. Um, so it was kind of kind of a neat callback to to that first premiere episode. Um, but then I was also thinking about how it could possibly be a, a parallel to uh, the governor's uh, one-off episodes and, you know, the, the difference between, uh, hey, uh, you're just killing everybody and you're clearing everything, and now you meet these people to take care of versus someone who you know, can be a power of positive thinking, if you will but anyway I enjoyed it uh, I can see where a lot of people might just be like I just want to know what the hell happened to Glenn <laughs> but uh, you know uh, I thought it was pretty pretty nice and uh, we'll see, see what happens next week although I did happen to note that uh, it sounded like Rick there at the end uh, saying open the gate open the gate <laughs> but, uh, so I'm assuming he made it out of the RV uh, we'll see alright have a good one thanks
2: Bye. for calling Greg
0: Bye.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I hadn't thought about it. It could be kind of like the pilot, which would make sense because Morgan loomed large in the pilot and the, Gimple likes to do echoes of things. Yeah. but which I appreciate. Me too. And I do think, yeah, well, I already said, but I think that was Rick. Okay. Let's move on to next week on The Walking Dead.
2: Next week on The Walking Dead, season six, episode five. Now is what it's called. <laughs> uh, the. <laughs> The description is trouble inside the gate and outside the gate. (laughs) That's it? Yeah. That was it. That was all I can
1: find. I watched the next week and it showed something with Jesse. Yeah.
2: Jesse. Yes. There's Jesse. I also watched a little uh, sneak peek, uh, which is uh, Deanna climbing to the top of one of the gates. And carved in the wall is PNL number... One, I think. And it says R. Monroe next to it. So theoretically, maybe that's panel number one, Reg Monroe. So mm-hmm. she's looking at that and feeling mm-hmm. sad. And then she hears Maggie being told maybe about Glenn. So she looks down. She sort of hears snippets of conversations. And then and I, you can sort of hear them say something about he would have signaled. But then you um, can hear, open the gate. So... It's not very spoilery. It's directed by Avi Uabian. Um, pardon me if I'm mispronouncing that. Has lots of editing credits and writing credits. First time directing The Walking Dead. Written by Corey Reed, who has lots and lots of writing credits, including Now, Forget. Oh, sorry, yeah, Now. That's what it is. But Forget and Consumed, both of those are Corey Reed. Written episodes so
1: I was just thinking about that Actress who plays Diana Tova Feldscher yes we great. saw her On a panel talking about how she brings her experiences to her acting, and then proceeded to talk about all these horrible things that <laughs> yes. happened to her, <laughs> which is horrible to laugh. But it, it just she she was so upbeat, like really strong, you know, like a strong strong person. She wasn't sad at all. It wasn't at all like a sympathy kind of a thing. It's just like, yep, my son, and this and that, and this, and I bring it all to my acting. And she just seemed like really powerful about it. Yes. So, so that's it kept not us laughing at her thing. pain. No, no, but it was just one thing after another.
2: She was great. Yeah, she was awesome. She was terrific.
1: Super cool. You know, at some point, I don't even, I'm not convinced we're going to get back to Glenn even next week to tell you the truth.
2: I'm not convinced that that either. Yeah,
1: but uh, at some point, here's a prediction that I have that because we saw Rick scavenging through uh, different people's pockets, the zombies and the guy that just died three times last episode. Right. I think that's a setup for him scavenging and finding uh Glenn's watch somehow and thinking Glenn is dead. Like Glenn even though he's not
2: accidentally left his watch dropped in the, yeah, back in yeah, yeah, the back in the pet food store.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. And so it'll be sort of a fake indication to all of us no. too that maybe he's dead. Mm-hmm. But we're still not gonna believe it. Yeah. Alright that's our show episode 198 Thanks for listening everybody
2: Thanks everybody
1: I just wanted to talk a little bit about Walker Stucker It was a really awesome weekend Most, A, a huge part Probably my favorite was When we had our get together with our listeners On Saturday night That
2: was my favorite too
1: And yep. we met a bunch of you guys uh, Rob, Sandy, Tom, Jennifer, Rima Kelly A bunch of others Yeah it was and, a privilege,
2: uh, honestly, Jonathan. Yes. It was absolutely a privilege, and I can't, I can't believe how cool it is to meet the people. It, it's so
1: great. Because, yeah, it's just fun too to be around people who appreciate the show. You know, and want to talk about it. And it's like, ah, uh, you don't have to worry about really getting to know. I mean, you know, they all know us. We don't know them, but. It just seems more relaxed than if you were just meeting
2: and it's i gotta tell you it's a crazy experience to be in a bar i was talking at that point i think heather is her name she's one of our listeners she's wonderful mm. and she said oh, oh yeah heather yeah, yeah yeah she said oh there goes freddie krueger and it was robert england who <laughs> just went by and i was like yeah. oh oh my god, oh my god. And then she's like, oh, and check it out. There, Here comes Greg Nicotero. Greg Nicotero came to the bar, and then, of course, he was surrounded as if he, a swarm of oh, zombies fed, were feeding on him. And then she said, oh, and hey, in the corner, I noticed this, but nobody else did. There's uh, Judith O'Day. And I was like, oh my god. And as it turns out, Eric knows Judith O'Day, so we went over there and, and took a great picture with her and talked to her. She was so gracious. She's
1: Barbara from... Night of the Living Dead I'm coming, coming. to get you Barbara <laughs> uh, Yeah that's really cool Yeah. Uh, Heather by the way I'm so sorry I, we didn't get a chance to talk I thought I, I had to go to the staff dinner So I left early I, sh- I wish I would have stayed though because it was really fun I should have just stayed But anyways um, I thought I'd see people at the party And the party ended up being kind of big and unwieldy
2: Yeah I was there in the <laughs> listener meet up for almost three hours it was great. Yeah. I loved so cool. it. Yeah. I loved Walker StalkerCon. It was really, really fun.
1: Yeah. I hope we can do that again next year. Um, I forgot to periscope. I planned on periscoping that, and I just didn't think about it. Neither did Mr. Blog or Gracie. Uh, yeah. See, the problem with these meetups at hotel bars is you're drinking. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Is that a problem? I think that's actually... Well,
1: <laughs> if you want to try to remember stuff. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, that was super fun. So thanks all you guys who came out. If you want to call us, you can call us at 650-485-DEAD. That's 650-485-3323.
2: You can email us at brains at
1: you can find us on the web at podcastica.com or facebook.com slash deadcast. That's where a lot of stuff happens. And uh, if you are getting your Christmas shopping done, then go use our Amazon link on uh, walkingdeadcast.com. That would be really cool. Yes. I also want to remind you to go to com and use that code deadcast for 20% off your first order of smartly designed shirts socks underwear the website's really cool too it's beautifully designed and a pleasure to use and the products are really comfortable and they look and they feel great
2: i gotta tell you david loves the stuff that we ordered and i got to wear the socks because i'm like you know Mm -hmm. what i want to try it out so i wore the socks uh because they went up high and i wore these high boots for walker stalker and i love the socks so yay
0: back all
1: we were walking around, and I was in my Rick, Rick Grimes gear, and uh, I said the boots were chafing my calves, which I'm sure Rick Grimes says all the time. <laughs> yeah, he must say that. <laughs> and you said I should have been wearing my Mac Weldon socks, and I hadn't tried them yet, so I didn't realize it. But I wore them the next day, and they do, they do go up that high, and they totally would have. I have this total red mark on my calf right now, and I think that would have saved me. That but would, have anyway.
2: saved there, would have saved you. Mack Weldon would
1: have saved you it <laughs> would have saved my life mm-hmm. uh so go to mac that's m-a-c-k-w-e-l-d-o-n.com and use code deadcast for 20 percent off all right that's our show thanks
2: for listening
1: don't okay. get bit jennifer hollander
0: my mother there's too many of you to cry Brother, brother, brother There's far too many of you dying You know we've got to find a way To bring some love in here today Hey father, father We don't need to escalate You see, war is not the answer For all in love can conquer hate You know we've got to find a way To bring bring some love in here today today. Picket lines and picket signs Don't punish me with brutality Talk to me so you can see